Hold on one second and recording. Okay, go ahead. Good morning, friends. Good morning, church. We are so excited that you're here this morning. Um, I think the word of the week has been um, and continues to be weird. <laughs> and um, But I know that um, though we walk through these weird times, um, that God is doing some great things. And, and I am so excited that uh, we get to be a part of that and get to see him working. Um, thank you all for being here this morning. Um, let's start uh, with prayer. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that we get to come and glorify you and honor you and give you praise. Lord, I thank you for um, this way of interacting with one another. I thank you that we can ask each other questions and, and, um, and then address those questions. Father, I just thank you for this moment. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Elise is here this morning. And uh, she's going to share with us um, what is on her heart, some music and worship. Um, we're going to join in with you. So take it away. All right. Good morning. Dave and I are excited to be here this morning. We love hanging out with you. Um, this week, I've just been, um, it's kind of weighted on me, the whole idea of number one, to hope in God, just put our hope in the Lord. And also to just take what we are feeling, take what we're experiencing, and just in the midst of all of it, to bring it before the Lord and worship through it, worship in it. And so we're going to come and just give it all to the Lord with these couple of songs this morning. Um, and I want to just invite you to, to um, remind yourself that God is our fortress and our refuge. In fact, Nahum 1.7 is one of my favorite verses. It said, God is a refuge, a strong tower in time of trouble. And he knows those who take refuge in him. He knows you. He knows what you're going through. And he just longs to be with you. So just take this really brief time and, and maybe sit in silence if it's awkward for you to sing in your living room or sing out. Um, I know I, when we do church here at our home, I just, you know, cook dinner or do the dishes or whatever and sing at the top of my lungs. My kids um, love it. All right. So let's. Let's go ahead and just bring everything we have before God right now. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I Be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my 
trust you with all of our hearts. Give us the trust and God, fill us with your hope. Fill us with your gratefulness in this time. And I pray for those who are deeply hurting, God, that you would comfort them, that you would begin to heal and deliver and strengthen, Father. We love you. In your name, amen. We just want to invite you now into a time of silence, wherever you are. I'm gonna stop playing. I'm gonna just give you a time to kind of sit before the Lord and ask him. I'd love you to ask him, God, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to hear from me today? What do you want me to take away from this? And maybe ask him if you want, if you are curious, Father, what are you doing in me that I need to know, that I need to listen to, that I need to hear? And whatever resonates with you, just hold on to that. So I'm going to invite you into a time of silence now. Lord, we come before you and we just thank you for the opportunity, the opportunity to spend time with you, to hear the birds outside the window, to hear the family that might be screaming in the other room, just to know that no matter what our situation is, wherever we are, you are there. Whatever we're facing, whatever we're experiencing, you hold us and you take care of us. Whatever's going on, God knows. Whatever our situation is, 
God wasn't surprised by it. And Lord, we just rest in your presence, knowing that you are in control and that we get to be a part of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hello. My name is David Hopper, and Tony and Brittany and the elders asked if I would uh, speak this morning, and I'm so excited to do it. And so if you have your Bibles, open them up to Ephesians chapter 3, and I'm going to I'm going to spend the whole time there so you can open up your Bible and be there at the same time. If for some reason we lose the speed because technology can be tricky, right? <laughs> um, we'll just pop back on and finish. So just stick around, kind of watch the Friends Church Capay homepage. But I just want to, in case something like that happens, we'll come right back as soon as we can. And because we have this technology, let's use it. Um, we want to interact, and so because there's a little chat box right there underneath the picture, or on the right, based on what you're looking at, um, as you have a question, as you have a comment, or a prayer request, or just want to lift up a prayer, the more that you talk, the more we're going to be actually having church. That's why we got in here early. We wanted to create a lobby and say, all right, a church lobby, we kind of talk and see how everyone's doing before we got started with the service. And then we're going to stay about 10 minutes after as well, just in case you have questions, uh, you want to do something this week, you want to invite everyone to lunch through Zoom. I don't know. <laughs> so we're going to use all this technology. And right here at the beginning, I'm going to start you off with a question. And by the way, I look over here because your comments are popping up on a different screen. So if I'm looking over there, I'm actually looking for your comments. So the first question I want to throw out before I even start is, and it's going to come up in Ephesians chapter 3, why do we sometimes feel, why do we sometimes feel like we're not good enough to share this message of Jesus Christ with people? Some of you might have complete confidence, but at some point in your life you did feel this way. So think back on those times why did I feel unworthy? What was it that was holding me back from sharing this message of Jesus Christ? I'm going to jump into the word. Tony is going to be reading your comments, and I'm going to ask Tony in like five minutes to read some of those out so that we can interact. So we're really going to use the technology today. So thank you. Thank you for using it. All right, let's jump in with chapter three, and I'm going to go into verse six. It says this, verse 6, this mystery, this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Verse 7 says, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. Okay, a couple of things there I, I want to do. In fact, let me do one more verse, and then I'll come back to it. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. I've also heard that said, uh, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. What I find fascinating about Paul is that he describes himself as a servant. Now, we have to understand what that means. So Paul is calling himself like a table waiter. That's the actual uh, way that they describe a servant, a table waiter. Christians have glorified the word servant. You know, now we've made it something great. 
But when Paul is first using this word, he's not using it as some kind of, of great uh, deacon that's part of the church and that deacon is, has the title of servant and he serves and so everyone loves him. No, he's literally using it as the table waiter, original meaning of the word. In verse 8, he says, I am, I am the least, I'm less of the least of all of God's people. So I'm pretty sure for Paul, this isn't like a false humility or a low self-esteem, but rather a really, a really good understanding of what he's been saved from. See, when you read through the letters of Paul, you get this impression that he always remembers his past and what he did to God's church. He cannot but see himself as the lowest of all. In 1 Corinthians 15, he says, uh, I'm the least of the apostles. And he explains, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle because at one point I was persecuting the church. He has this understanding of forgiveness in his life. And how the forgiveness in his life helped him to fully grasp the grace that is God. So because he understands how much he's been forgiven from, he can truly understand how big grace is. And this is the key for us. So the key that we have to really pull away from this is understanding what we've been forgiven from. When we understand what we've been forgiven from, we will truly grasp the grace that God is offering. It helps us understand our place in this world. That's, a, that's why the title is all about what's our place in this world. When we understand forgiveness, we then understand grace. Will we use this knowledge like Paul does? See, he uses this gift from God as a springboard to preach the message of grace to the Gentiles. Now, these would be people who were the furthest from God. Uh, they thought they weren't worthy of the gospel. The Jews and the Gentiles didn't mix on this subject, so the Gentiles just kind of assumed that was for them, and we have no heir to it. Paul is now explaining this new message that suddenly, because of Jesus Christ, because he died on that cross, um, he now has this, this gift to give that we are now all heirs to the gospel, which means us too. We would, have, we would now be included. So Paul goes where the gospel had never been before. That's why Ephesians is such a powerful book to study. You're watching the very beginning when no one understood this, and a young, small church begins to share a message that absolutely goes all across the world. And it had never been done before. This gospel had never been preached like this before, that you are a fellow heir in with God, how awesome is that? Let me give you a bonus question to put in the comments. What does this mean for us? What does it mean for us when we see Paul do this? When, he, when we see Paul jump out and do this, what does it mean that we're supposed to be doing? When we understand that we've been forgiven and given grace, how does that move us forward as well? See, it is God's gift to us to be able to be enabled, if you will, to preach the message of Jesus Christ to others. God has graciously saved us by his power. He's brought us the truth, and he allows us to share that message with others. This gospel that we share is this gospel that is reconciliation between people and God. No matter where you are, it's a reconciliation between you and God and people in general. One key to remember is that this is not some like required chore to a believer. 
not some chore that you get to, or you have to go out and now share this message. It's a gift. We get to tell people about what's in this book and how awesome our God is. So what's so interesting to me is that Paul's motivation to do this was grace. He understood what grace was and he had received grace because he knew that he could, he could realize where he was and where he is now. He then wanted to share that grace with others. Are we doing that? Do we understand our place in this world and how we get to do the exact same thing? So I am going to pull Tony into this conversation. Tony, what, let me do a gallery view here. What questions have been coming up? And Brittany, you're on the screen too, just so you know. <laughs> um, questions, um, not so much, but a few great comments, um, um, answers to your question. Um, let me find it real quick. I just passed, scrolled past it too fast. So your question was, why do we sometimes feel like we're not good enough to share Jesus with others? And um, some said lack of confidence, not sure what to say. Um, another one said, afraid it will not be received as intended, and I will be fought against and told I'm wrong. Mm. There's a, a one more of, um, he was the ultimate glow. It's difficult to represent someone like that, especially if we carry so many vices. I'm Christ-like, but he was Christ. Anyone get that? <laughs> so three great comments. That is great. I'm Christ-like, but he was Christ. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you, Tony? Mm. It humbles you, right? I think that's what, what um, Hamza's talking about. I think um, if I'm just sure, like Christ... Um, it can humble you at first, but I think then we also have to remember that, that um, he's just called me to be who I am. He doesn't mm -hmm. call me to be him. Yeah. When I hear it, I think about the whole hands and feet thing. We are the hands and feet. Like God, God chooses to use us. Like we're part of the story, which I've always found uh, amazing. Um, but at the same time, I'm not God. I'm not Christ. And I always can go back to that and go, okay, I feel like I'm not doing a very good job and I'm trying to do my best, but I'm not God. So if I'm just faithful with what he's called me to do, that's going to be enough because I'm not God. And so that's kind of where I take that whole like being in the hands and feet, but at the same time, knowing you're not God. It's really important. Okay. One more comment is I'm always afraid of my human weaknesses are not worthy of Christ's perfection unworthy and lack of confidence. Yeah. 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 Uh, we are human. And as humans, we have made many, many mistakes, right? Well, maybe some, some more than others. <laughs> and that's kind of what we were getting at. Knowing what we've been forgiven from should move us to a point of understanding the grace that we have been given. Yeah. Let me throw out a, another question as I'll continue to go with the next verse. Okay, hold on just a second. Grab Brittany. She lost us. Grab her oh. back. <laughs> All right. I'll pull Brittany back in the room. I've realized there's a little waiting room, so I'm using this waiting room to drop you guys in and out, which is awesome. <laughs> okay, so here's the next question to throw out. She lost us. Grab her back. All right. I'll pull Brittany back in the room. 
Have, yeah. Although, Brittany, you'll have to mute it because I'm still on your uh, thing. <laughs> I love it. I have my own voice coming into the speaker. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. Have you ever felt called to do something for God that you really didn't want to do? Because that's what we're going to see next with this story. Tell me about your moment in that as I talk about Paul's moment in this. All right? Have you ever felt called to do something that you really didn't want to do? And then tell me what happened. Because hopefully you did it, and then you can tell us what happened. Or maybe you didn't do it, and you can tell us how you felt afterwards. Because here's where I think Paul is in this moment. Would Paul have chosen this task for himself? We know the answer to this. He, in Romans 10, talks about how he was agonizing over this spiritual plight of his own nation. He talks about how he wanted to, like he was moving up. He had two degrees, if you would, in, in, in kind of our terms. He would have been one of those high scholars in the Jewish world. He was on his way to a very high position. His plight, his spiritual plight that he speaks of in Romans 10 was for his nation. So would he have chosen to go to the Gentiles with this message? Highly doubt it, except for God. God obviously changed him, uh, literally with a bright light on the road to Damascus, this light changes him. And as he has this come to Jesus moment, he's also given this come to Jesus call that he wouldn't have chosen for himself, but he does it. Now listen to verse nine. And to bring to light for everyone, what is the plan of the mystery that's hidden for ages in God who created all things? See, Paul sees his ministry as one of enlightenment. We were in the dark until God brought us to the light. So we're all kind of in the same thing, but he literally is saying this mystery is we once were in the dark, but through the gospel, the light of the gospel brings us to light. They needed to be enlightened to this truth that was God's word. God's commission of Paul as an apostle to the Gentiles is revealed to Paul as one of turning Gentiles from dark to light. In Acts 26, he says, um, he says that exact phrasing, moving them from the darkness to the light. Paul understands that men and women like you and I are in the dark, hidden with the enemy himself trying to drive us down. Until we are enlightened, our eyes are opened, and those that were far from him, the mystery is revealed. We discover who Christ is, and suddenly we see the light. So this is kind of odd for us because we live in a society that's very much based on inequality. We talk about equality, right? And we're so used to like hearing how important equality is. But if we just step back for one moment, we know we live in a very inequality world whether it's your, your um, uh, it can be race or it could be your economic status or it could be, you know, the stars and politicians versus who you are. We know we live in a world of inequality or just based on nations around the world. I mean, come on, just think about where you're born and what you have to overcome. Uh, it's so different all over the entire world. And so when we hear we are fellow heirs in Christ, we are equal in Christ. There's a moment where you go, I don't, I can't even wrap my mind around that concept of being equal in any way because nowhere else in life do we get that. 
So when we talk about my place in this world, we have to wrap our minds around a concept that you are now equal heirs in heaven. Like you get to go and be a part of the original uh, plan that was to be a child of God with him forever. We are spared by grace. It's a free gift and we don't have to win it. We don't have to earn it. It's a gift and it will be very hard to go from darkness to light because we live in inequality and suddenly we are told that we are equals. It's just an incredible thing for your mind to grasp that the world that we live in, does ne it never lets you experience what God lets you to experience. In verse 10, he expands it. He says this, So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. Notice how Paul views this charge forward, the weight of it. He speaks of the church as the instrument. The manifold wisdom of God is the message, and the audience is all of heaven. As, as we are writing our moments of being called by God to do something, as you're putting those hopefully in the comments, I haven't looked over here, but hopefully you're putting in the comments, being called to do something. Do we put the same kind of weight on it that we see Paul does? This word manifold, if we translate it, it actually means colored, lots of colors, or many-sided. And the word was used to describe flowers or embroidered cloth or something with just lots of color in it. So what he's saying, this manifold, uh, what was it? What was it exactly? The manifold wisdom of God, the colors that he's putting into our world. What Paul is saying is the church is so unique in its multicultural, its styles, its diversity. It's going to be done in so many ways. It's going to become this beautiful tapestry that is the church all around the world. That's actually kind of what he's getting at right here. This manifold wisdom of God is that this tapestry comes together in so many different ways. And the point here is what God is calling you in this tapestry can look very different from someone else. Each person is a masterpiece within this tapestry that we are allowed to be a part of as equals coming before and given this, this incredible gift to share in the way that we share it in this beautiful tapestry. And the reason we want to share it is because we have been forgiven from so much. Do you see how this whole thing comes together? I heard it said like this once, and I thought it was pretty good. I wrote it down. Uh, God is directing and producing his play act by act. It is being revealed. The story is still being revealed today. And as all this is going on, the angels are the audience as they watch the drama of salvation unfold before their very eyes. God is revealing his plan for this world to the angels, and he is doing it through the church. The church is at the center of all that God is doing in our world. I felt like that was a pretty good description of what's going on around us, our place in this world. And remember, when I say church, it's not about a building. That should be abundantly clear now. Finally, I feel like the church has realized, oh, we don't need the building 
to be the church. We are the church. We are the tool that God is using as a part of this story to create a beautiful tapestry of his message around the world. In verse 11, it says this, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. Now, realize that he means this when he says suffering. He's writing this from prison. He's saying, don't worry about that. God's purposes are being accomplished through the death and resurrection in this universal, multicultural, diverse church. Uh, he is accomplishing what he's going to accomplish. And I may be in a position where I'm in prison right now. Do not lose heart. What I'm suffering is for his glory. You can approach God, as it says, with freedom and confidence because we are heirs bought through the gift of Jesus Christ. He shares his real situation. I'm writing this from prison. But he doesn't want them to be discouraged because instead of being discouraged by that, he wants them to take this gospel and to share it and move in confidence and boldness. So before I conclude, Tony, I'm going to pull you back in here. What was some of the questions, the comments? And you can still, if you have any questions or comments, throw them in here. I, um, when you were talking about, have you ever felt called to something for God that really did not want to do what happened? Um, Hamza said, coming from Islam, I had to realize I couldn't serve two masters. Mm. Kind of like Paul's spiritual plight. One was dark, the other is light. <clears throat> yeah, that's certainly challenging. Love to hear more of that story. Yeah. <laughs> is that Hamza? Who is that? Yes, yes. Hamza, write more about that. That's an amazing story, and you need to share it. And maybe uh, afterwards we can, we can uh, share some more of that story. I also thought about um, my husband, Greg. He's sitting here in the room. Um, with me, Hi, but, Greg. Um, <laughs> um, he, he has this thing with the Lord where, um, many times God will put on his heart, someone to go visit and go see, and he doesn't know this person. He just knows of this person. Mm. Um, and God will kind of just nag at him and nag at him and nag at him. And he will feel this pressure, um, you know, this anxiety, if you will, um, to, I need to do this. And he keeps reminding him over and over and it won't go away until he does it. And does he have so the spiritual finally, gift of discernment? Um, I don't know. I don't know. He's, but, he's sensing, um, it's almost like a spiritual battle and that he needs to meet it. Yeah. So he, yeah. he goes and he, but he, it's almost like God nags at him. And then he says, I gotta go. I just gotta go. So, so I don't have to feel this anymore. And so he does. And, um, it's always, it's always good. And, um, and he's getting used to that more and more as the more he does it, the more he listens when he gets that nagging feeling, um, he knows it's not going to go away until he does it. So he's quicker to, yeah. And he should stop calling it a nagging feeling. <laughs> I have the, I have a, a very similar spiritual gift. And so I try and meet with people as much as possible because when I meet with them, 
I sometimes can sense what God's doing. And then I can use that to sort of ask the right question at the right time. Mm. And that really, um, it's been a, it's been a gift to be able to just maybe hear kind of where God wants to lead a conversation at times and adjust for it. And it sounds like he has the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was my word, nagging. It wasn't. <laughs> Good. All right. <laughs> All right. What else? Any others? Let's see. Brittany, you have one ready to go? You have to unmute yourself. <laughs> I'm looking. I keep losing the feed. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, it's all right. Has there been a time for you where you felt like God calling you to do something and you were you were hesitant or you did it and you just can tell us about that? Um Yeah, like we we've been talking a little bit um just being in this transition period with our church and um you know, happy to help and, and be in a leadership role, but not happy to be at the front. Um, not not thrilled to be on this feed right now. <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, you know, necessarily comfortable being the only one leading worship and that kind of thing, um, but trying to do what I'm supposed to do and who I'm called to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Right. Anything else, Tony? Nope, not for now. Okay, I'm going to conclude the message, but you guys can still respond. And so we will talk a little bit more at the end. But I get to conclude with what I think is my all-time favorite verse in the Bible. And I'll pin this. Uh, did I pin it? Anyway, so this is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. I used this when we planted our church, and it was kind of our church's, um, like our um, our model for our church. Like this is what we were going to be all about. This particular verse, Ephesians three verse twenty. Now to him who is able to do far more than we ask or imagine, abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So here's what I think is so cool. He ends this with this verse, this whole chapter, that all this tapestry and grace and all the things that he's called us to, he ends it with this verse saying, um, you can do anything more than you can imagine for God. If you put God first, if God is the reason, if Jesus Christ is the reason of why you're moving forward, there's nothing you can't accomplish. And so I always sort of went back to that. And when I preached into this new church we started, I'm like, man, I can think, I can imagine, and I can ask for so much. So I don't even know, I don't even know if I believe this verse all the way, because I can imagine so much. And yet we just continued to hold on to it and continue to call it out. It was all inspiring that our place in this world is that God's going to use us to do more than we can possibly imagine. And the truth is, when we look back in those moments where we gave God the glory and we put him first and we said, God, I do this for, with you in mind, 
even if it wasn't the way we thought it was going to go, and that's a lot of my life, I didn't know it was going to go the way it went, I still can look back and see all the things that he did as I was faithful to him. So where do you fit in this story? The title of this message was My Place in This World. I hope that you're hearing that you are part of the tapestry, that you have a purpose, and it will be different. It will look different from all around the world. That was his point, but that we, are, we, we have to, we need to, we are inspired to share this word. So as I close in prayer, I want you to write a prayer to God in the comments. Each one that's still watching, however many are still watching right now, uh, 23 of you right now, write a comment and say, all right, Lord, I pray for this. I pray and, and I imagine and I ask for this. It can be about our church. It could be about how he's going to use you. But what is that awe-inspiring message of I'm going to move forward like this? So as I'm praying, put your prayer in the comments with me. Lord, we come before you and we thank you for Ephesians chapter 3, one of my favorite chapters because it says we're part of the story. And I'm always a bit surprised that you're using me as a part of the story. Lord, it is truly an honor and a blessing, but it's also overwhelming that you, the creator of the world, the creator of the universe, creator of the stars and the sun, the oceans, the mountains, the same God that could do all that uniquely designed each person that he put into the world. This person with millions and millions of people all around the world, all doing your work in different ways. It looks so different in Africa. It looks so different in Russia. Your church is, is just so unique in all kinds of places. In the, in the city of Compay versus Orange County where I am, Lord. Just the way that you continue to use us in unique ways. Lord, even using this new technology, all the ones that are jumping into it, Lord. Just beginning to inspire people to be more and to do more. Because you have given us a gift, which is Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins so that we could spend eternity with you as equal heirs. As you're continuing to pray and you're continuing to be in this moment, if you're here and you don't know this Jesus Christ as your personal savior, maybe you just popped on, you happened to just, it, it popped into your live feed on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube later. If it just popped up and you happen to watch it and you're saying, I want this Jesus, this Jesus that you're talking about, I want this. First of all, since you're on a computer, you can grab the Bible for free. There's a ton of them. Just type Bible into Google. But begin to read. In Romans, it talks about this road in which we have all have sinned and we all need forgiveness. Start with Romans 3.23 that says we're all sinners. There's nothing special about me versus you or whoever is watching this. Romans 6.23 goes on and says, but this gift that is Jesus Christ, the gift that him, who he was on the cross and what he did is for all of us if we accept it. Romans 10.9, if we believe it in our heart and we say it, we say it somehow, uh, we believe it and we say it, then we will be saved. That's the 
ease of a very complex thing that you may be sounding like God seems way beyond my mind, and yet he makes it that easy for us to spend eternity with him and to know him as our personal Savior. If you made a decision like that, let us know. You don't have to put it in the comments, but just direct message us and let us know, and we will walk with you, get you in a Bible study, connect you in even more ways to the church, which is all of us, this body of Christ right now. I just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here. And I thank you for those that are lifting up prayers. We love you, and we give you this time in Jesus' name. And I'm going to turn it over to Tony. Amen. <laughs> thank you, David. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and your love for the Lord and, and um, sharing us Ephesians. Such a gift this morning. And thank you guys for sharing your hearts. And I'm watching those prayers come across the feed. And um, I am truly thankful for what God is doing in all of our hearts. So um, I have a few announcements, I guess, for you. Um, we have some applicants for um, the pastoral um, role at Cape Friends. Um, we have three, and uh, Ministering Council has met, and, and they're doing some social distancing <laughs> and um, continuing to work on that. And so, um, praise God that um, there are those that are, are reaching out to us. So, um, just know that. And um, also, Ministering Council is um, uh, talked to Levi Funderburg, and you guys have um, heard him um, many times and, and on here as well on Facebook that um, he has agreed to um, to give us some consistency for the next month or so and that he'll be with us um, each week um, to share with us. So I just want you to know that's happening and, and looking forward to that. Um, any other announcements, Greg? <laughs> he doesn't think so. Um, so I can't think of anything else right now. We're continuing to move forward. Just know that. And um, share um, your heart maybe on that feed and, and what you're, you're thinking about um, during this time. And, um, and give Ministering Council a call if you have questions or if you have something that's on your heart or your mind. Um, um, I know that um, Karen called um many of you this week and um, um but please reach out please reach out if there's something that you need or there's something that um you need prayer for or something that's on your heart or mind please reach out to um the elders ministering council um continue to give at friendschurchcapay.com um that's the best way otherwise i'm checking the mail you can do it that way as well um, but friendschurchcapay.com, there's a little give spot in there. Um, you can give your offerings there, your tithe. I think that's all I have um, by way of announcements. Um, Brittany, can you think of anything else or, or David? No? Okay. You told them how to give, which is good. What about if they want to get into a life group? Do you have anything like on Zoom that people can now jump on board? We don't, but that would be awesome. And so um, maybe if someone um, is thinking about that, or maybe they can give um, Brittany a call or Greg a call, or, um, and maybe we can start making that happen. So I think that would be a really great tool. So um, 
pray for us about making that happen. So thank you for your leadership and and trying to see how it would work. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's totally fun. I have a group on Friday nights that meets and it works really well on zoom. And actually it's kind of worked better because there have been times when things are kind of chaotic and at the last second I go, Oh, we got to get to Bible study. And you just turn on your computer. You don't really need to change your clothes and drive somewhere. You just turn on your computer and then everyone pops in and you have kind of like, you know, your food and their, you know, whatever you're doing. And then you open up the word together and then actually just spend time with each other. So especially if someone's new and just happens to be watching now, it's kind of awesome to connect to this church that's near you and start meeting people. Yeah. I'm going to officially end the service by stop the 